And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The only podcast you need for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Join me as we explore and demystify the latest trends, technologies, and strategies used to achieve massive growth and 10x businesses. I'll be sitting down with sales, marketing, and business leaders to dissect what's worked for them, dispel myths, and deliver actionable insights that you can use to ensure repeatable, sustainable, and predictable revenue in your business. Welcome to the Sales versus Marketing Podcast, where we speak with sales, marketing, and business leaders. I'm your host, Scott, and today I'm going to be speaking with Brett Campbell, who is the co-founder and chief evangelist for Claxon. Now, Claxon is a, a strong marketing agency uh, out of Australia. They are the winner of the 2018 Best Social Media Agency of the Year, as well as the 2019 marketing agency of the year keeping in mind they've only been around for three years uh so brett has a, a really strong past and obviously he's bringing that experience to Claxon. Uh, he is a serial entrepreneur uh he has scaled businesses to multi-million dollar figures in the past uh, he is a, a, a extremely proficient marketer and strategist um what he's brought through Claxon is the ability to innovate uh, deliver holistic end-to-end strategy for companies that really just cuts through the noise and delivers uh, repeatable, sustainable growth and return on investment for marketing dollars and ad dollars spent. So I'm very, very excited to sit down with Brett. Uh, I'm gonna let him introduce, uh, he is also uh, a public and keynote speaker, so he's uh, he's probably gonna introduce Claxton way better than I can. So let's just kick it off then. So talk about uh, who you are, and we'll go a little bit more into your background, but just who you are, what you're doing now, and what Claxton is. Well, that's that's a huge question. Who am I? It took me uh, 36 years to uncover who that uh, the actual answer to that. Um, but uh, I would class myself as a serial entrepreneur, a individual who has either an on switch or an off switch. There's really no mediocre. There's no middle line. Um, I'm the kid that grew up thinking differently to a lot of my friends. Um, I grew up a very um, trapped, as I call it, um, entrepreneur. I didn't even know what entrepreneur was. I didn't come from a town of entrepreneurship at all. Like for me, I grew up in a very low socioeconomic area. Um, to put context around that was um, across the road from where I lived was the mongrel mob, um, I guess let's call it pad. That's where they all caught up. It's a big gang. They caught up on their motorbikes, come around, 
Um, behind us, two streets back, was the Black Power Gang, so they were rivals. Um, <laughs> directly, directly behind my house um, was it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen when I think about this. Like, imagine living in a it was a housing commission sort of area, so it was it was, it was housing, public housing, mm-hmm. um, and we had you know a section which had a little bit of land. Let's call it um, you know, nine hundred thousand square meter section. So there's a bit of bit of grass there. Um, but not enough to house horses on. Um, so our neighbour directly behind us had two horses in their backyard. It was unbelievable. Like they would, they'd be putting their head. I literally say that I lived on a farm, but I didn't. I was in a in an actual, you know, public area, and they, these guys had horses in their in their backyard. So come from very humble beginnings. You know, kicked out of high school um, at sixteen because I talk too much, which is funny. You know, I get paid now to speak. And you know, speaking actually is is what I do as well. So it's um it's quite ironic when you look back at it. But it was just misguided for me. You know, I, I got kicked out because I was not focused on school. You know, I was good at three subjects: woodwork, physical education, and lunch. I realised I wasn't going to get paid to eat. Uh, I, physical education back then, you know, wasn't really an industry. So the only thing left for me to try out was woodwork. But I always knew that I was destined for something different, right? And this is, I think, you know, when I talk about this, a lot of entrepreneurs, it sort of, you know, vibrates with inside of them because they're like, yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel very similar, you know, and I've talked, had the luxury of talking to thousands of entrepreneurs and whether it's in on live events or on, you know, talking on podcasts and so forth. But there's this difference, you know, like um, we're bred differently and we think differently, um, and you can hear all these big speeches around, you know, we're the misfits, we're the ones that, you know, are helping move this world forward. And I truly do believe that. Um, but at the time, I had no idea. I, was, I just thought I was, you know, a, a distracted young man, which is exactly what I was. So long story short, fell into an apprenticeship, became a cabinet maker. I knew from day one it wasn't what I was destined to do. Um, got out of there um, five years later, right? So I stuck it out. I, I had that mentality though of, you know, if I, if I start something, I've got to, I've got to finish it off. Um, I've got to see it through. And my, my mindset's very different on that now. And we can talk about that, but, you know, fast forward, um, to what, 12 years ago, I was so fed up in life that I had, I felt like I was just not living a life. Like I was just conforming to society. And I jumped on an airplane, moved from New Zealand where I grew up, uh, to Australia, um, became a fitness professional. Funnily enough, I still wasn't going to get paid to eat, so the old the fitness was still there, right? I wasn't too bad. You tried, um, the, you tried the next thing on the list. Uh. Yeah, I tried the next <laughs> thing on the list, um, and became a personal trainer. Became really good at it. Uncovered online marketing. Became really good at it. Built the fastest growing fitness franchise in Australia, the fastest growing fitness college here in Australia. Sold tens of thousands of online products and programs, and generated hundreds of thousands of people on our databases and and fast forward to a couple of years ago started um, Klaxon, which is a digital growth agency where we specialize in in paid advertising, growing and scaling companies. Um, and, you know, recently we just took out the 2018 Best Social Media Agency of the Year Award and we just won the 2019 Marketing Excellence um, Award, which is extremely exciting. Um, so we just also launched in very close to you. We launched our first office in America four days ago, actually, in, in California. So lots happening. Exciting. That's um, that's an incredible journey. Uh, how did you How did you stumble into marketing and be so successful at it? Because you just started being a personal trainer, and how many personal trainers yeah. don't delve into marketing? 
Very, 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 very good um, point there because you're right. I, I've, I actually had the luxury of working in a big box gym. So I went to a big gym chain. So I was a fitness first over here in Australia. And I naturally, for what got me kicked out of school, right, which was speaking, I naturally had what my mother always called the gift of the gab, right? I was always able to have a conversation with anyone like a stranger, I was never afraid to go up to someone and just spark up a conversation. And that comes back to my curiosity as well, which I think is a is a one of the key pillars and probably the most effective thing I've ever been able to to utilize to generate any success in any area of life. I think you've got to remain super curious, right? So I was curious and and I'd I'd walk up to people on the gym floor and go, Hey, how's you, how you doing? What are you training? How's it all going? Oh, hey, would you like to um you know see a a variation of what you're doing there and da 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 and then I'd go through it and and I didn't know what I was doing at the time I was just doing what I thought I had to do go up and talk right but what I was doing was I was going up I was building rapport I um you know was educating them right which is what everyone needs to do to move yeah. someone along the the buyer readiness scale which again didn't even know that was a thing um but I was just naturally doing it became really good at it filled up clients really quickly and then I realized once again probably for the third time in my life that Mm, this isn't really the thing that I really want to be doing, right? I knew that I was I was put on this planet to do something better and bigger, and I wanted to have a bigger impact. And you know, I was I was working forty hours as a personal trainer, being part time psychologist, counselor, you mm-hmm. know, you name it, best friend to like thirty different types of people, different personalities, and it was an interesting ride. Um, learn a lot more about myself, but. I was walking out one afternoon to go and train clients and I walked past my roommate's computer and I seen a PDF document and had a guy standing and an image next to it. He was squatting. I was like, oh, it looks like he's doing a squat. And I said to my um, to my roommate, I said, oh, what's, um, what's that? And she goes, I just bought a, a workout program. It's $37. I'm like, what? You bought a – my first thought was, why aren't you paying me to train you, right? That was my first thought. I was like, oh. <laughs> Young and little simultaneously though i was like mm. he just that dude literally made money while he slept he's in america he made money while he slept it's nighttime i was like there's that thing where people can say you make money while you sleep it was the first ever time it really landed on me i was like wow that's that's impactful so i just became obsessed with online marketing and and psychology and influence and persuasion and what it took for people to to purchase and and you know, just sent me on this journey. And the online marketing was just a byproduct of me having to learn a skill in order for me to fulfill what my greater vision was, which at the time was just to impact more people, right? Is, is, and and it, it was that it's important to frame it like this, that the internet marketing, the, the me sitting up at you know, from 9 p.m. when I'd get home from training clients to 3 a.m. in the morning learning how to HTML code because there was no drag and drop builders back then. You know, I was learning how to HTML code, testing different shopping carts, all of this stuff. Like that was just a necessary evil towards me achieving my goal. I never wanted to become an internet marketer. I never want to become a marketer. You know, I'm, I'm sort of known as this sort of social media marketing sort of business guy, but that's just the skills that I've learned to be able to do what I do really well is grow and scale companies, right? Um, marketing is just one channel of that. So, so, mate, pick apart whatever you want there. No, that's <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that's that's a lot. So, um, I like the progression and I like your story a lot, and that's really what I wanted to get out because I think the story is is 
to lead you to where you are today, it makes a lot more sense now because you're mm. very entrepreneurial by nature. And I think that that curiosity, like you mentioned, um, is something that I love to do too. And I, I really do want to make this all about you and Claxon, but um, it struck a, a chord with me when you were speaking about just learning all these ridiculous things that you never wanted to have to learn just just because you have to learn them mm. and, and how that turns you into such a strong, uh, for yourself, an internet marketer, yeah. uh, growth agency, you've built an entire brand around it. But um, the, the takeaway for that is really for people that are earlier on in their career or if they're looking to start their own thing or if they want to do a side hustle, it's like just that, that constant stage, state of learning and, just, and yep. just trying new things and breaking stuff and, 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 and just pushing yourself to know all these things that now look at what you've done with it and now that's your livelihood. So you know, something there that, that I'll speak to, which I think is really important, especially for anyone who's looking to endeavor on an entrepreneurial journey, or they're like, how do I start a company? You know, how do I go from just me sitting in my sitting in my underwear in my bedroom on a you know secondhand table, and that's where it started for me, right? Um, going, how do I actually build something that's bigger than me? Because if you ever want to have an impact, and every person I talk to that even has a a slight entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial or entrepreneurial trait, right? They all want to affect and have an impact bigger than themselves. And I'm here to tell you this right now that the only way you're ever going to be able to do that is to build a team of people, an amazing team of people, lead a team of people because you cannot do everything. Right? I thought I was the guy who could do everything. I could build the funnels, I could write the sales copy, I'll shoot the video, I'll set up the audio, I'll do all of this and that. And, you know, I'll, I'll even be the customer service person because I'm the best at replying to those customer service, you know, um, complaints or whatever it is. And it's, but baby, it's just right? it's exhausting, wanna, right? It yeah. gets exhausting, yeah. you know. And the, the quest of, of building an amazing team of people to that buy also into your vision because what we also need to understand is – you know, and I'm talking the entrepreneur who just can't sit still, the person who – and to give you context is when I built our fitness franchise in the first six months when we launched, well, from day one when we launched, I had over 170 fitness professionals express interest in becoming a, a an owner, business owner. I was like, oh, my gosh, right? We had 35 locations up and running in the first six months, um, full steam ahead. And then I realized something happened in my life, but I was like, oh, my God, what have I just done? Like – why did you build a franchise? You didn't even sit down, Brett, and think about this. You didn't really – you did a bit of a, a future plan and go, oh, yeah, let's have a 1,000 locations and let's do this and let's do that. But it started happening. But I, <laughs> but I it was that I, I shot first. Yeah. I shot again. I shot again, and I kept shooting, and then I decided to aim, and then I decided to think about it, right? I did it rev like in reverse. It was and, – and this is where it lies back to. Just because you could, it doesn't mean you should, right? I, this, this is an ethos that I live by now because um, – I no longer have the franchise, right? So that's the in, that's the that story in the sense that, and I knew that I never was going to continue it to, to this big thing because I knew deep, 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 deep down that it, that wasn't the path, right? Um, and there's a there's a whole bigger conversation around that, but I share this because what happens is when people are in jobs or people are looking for a transition into I want to go and do this now. It's like get super clear, like get super clear on what it is you want to do, why you want to do that. What's the impact if you do do it? What's the impact if you don't do it? Who's this going to affect other than yourself in your life if you say yes or you say no, right? You need to really intentionally think about what you're about to embark on. Right? Is, that, the, uh, is that what you did with Claxon? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
very methodical, very different way of, of approaching and, and building the business, um, which was quite interesting because that that you know, and I still have my company Fit International, which is a you know is a global fitness company, but um, very very different approaches. Um, but it comes back to this concept of just because you could, it doesn't mean you should. You know, like for people looking to make the transition, there's so many opportunities right now. Like there's so many low hanging pieces of low hanging fruit that people can go. You know what? It's got to be better than my job, so I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. no, like you know, trust me, I'll become a affiliate marketer um i was you know I've, I've, <laughs> i did the seo thing i did like everything i was like yeah i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it it just became a yes man right which back in the day it was it was i feel it was probably a little bit easier to do that because now to get penetration in certain industries and marketplace and so forth this is that's a little bit harder you got a little bit be a little bit more intelligent around it um so just really thinking through what it was and what it is that someone wants to do is, is a, a massive starting point. I don't even know um, what your original question was, just to, to let you know. I, I think it was – no, no, no. You, you went on a really good uh, <laughs> a, a really good rant, and uh, and you're like a walking motivational quote with some of the stuff that you're dropping right now, so I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, I, was, no, I was speaking about how you were more methodical in building out Claxon, and more, more importantly, sure. how did you build it out the second time, the lessons yep. learned that you incorporated um, so it wasn't such a shit show, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the biggest thing from day one was what is the actual end outcome, right? Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People, one of the habits begin with the end of mind, such an important principle in everything in life. Um, I was that gun-ho when I was in this. Like It was almost like imagine letting – Yeah. so we got, I got two pugs, right? Yeah. Two little pug dogs. And every morning when we let them out – of, of the laundry um, to go outside, we have this thing called pug toner, right? And basically, as they run out of the laundry, there's this swooping bend that goes into the lounge and living area, and it's almost like they've got to come out of their door and they just do this consistent arc, like they're drifting like they're drift cars, right? Yeah. And their legs are moving five times faster than they need to be because they're skidding on the timber floors, right? And... They're like out of the gates, a hundred million miles an hour, right? They're out the door, and then all of a sudden it's like they're just chilled, right? And pugs are generally chilled in nature. But I was when I got released to this world that Brett, you can do whatever the hell you want, mate. You're not governed now by someone telling you what to do. You don't have a boss anymore. You're your own boss, mate. I was like pug toner all day, every day, right? I was just couldn't be stopped. Like when I was building our fitness franchise. From, th- I was like, you know what? Let's build another online product, right? Because back then, and I was I was driven by a number of different things as well. Um, but we could do a product launch and do six figures in a couple of days quite comfortably, right? Because we had the database, we had the audience, and so forth, right? So there was this big attraction that, geez, if we build another product that's amazing, again, it always has to be yeah. about great product. Yeah, we. Can- we can have a, bit yeah. of a nice influx of cash. It's like, yeah. why would you not? Especially when I was going twenty dollars an hour as a cabinet maker, I was earning eight hundred bucks a week, working my ass off harder than I've ever worked in my entire life, right? So this this big thing, the opportunity to be able to serve your audience, but then also make you know good money from it as well, was very very attracting. So I was like, cool. Middle of this launch to franchise, I'm like, okay, how do I build another info product? Well, you're going to have to get up at three a.m. So I worked from three a.m. till nine a.m. 
building info product. 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. when the team came in was franchise mode and everything else mode around the company. And then from 5 p.m. till like 7, 8, 9 p.m., I'd be working on the info product again. And this was a month. This was a month out from Christmas too, mind you. Like there was, like there was so many things telling me not to do this or maybe slow it down a bit. But that was just the, you know, again that reference to pug tone. I was. You're still feet, in that mode. Just, You're just nonstop. Oh man, non-stop. I was moving a million miles an hour, right? Um, so the difference back to your question around what did I, what have I done differently now is from day one going, where do we want to take this business? How do we want to build this? What does this company actually? Um, going to represent you know and from day one we want to there, there's a massive opportunity in this industry right now in this space like the the digital growth the social media um space and we we call ourselves a digital growth agency for for a number of reasons one is we're not just a social media agency we we grow businesses using digital right we're not interested in just running campaigns right even though we cover social we cover all the social channels you know facebook instagram pinterest snapchat um linkedin we cover all the search right google the google suite youtube yeah. programmatic we cover all the online space tv on-demand advertising and then of course deep data so we've got the four horsemen right and that's because that's the key like we don't do any organic social posting none of that because none of that really matters if you're well it does in in a silo but people can do that themselves or hire janet you know straight out of high school to do that stuff right Write some copy you know? for their website you're you're optimizing you're you're dealing with big ad budgets and yeah, we're, we're yeah. getting results. That's yeah. that's what we're here for. We're all about return on investment. Our conversations are very different than a lot of the, you know, accidental agencies right now. The people who, you know, got asked by their friend, hey, do you know how to run Facebook ads? Oh, yeah, I've ran two. <laughs> and then then all of a sudden they've picked up a client, they've got another client. So there's a lot of that happening right now, right? That's just like any new industry that happens, that just happens. Um, so we're in this weird space right now in this industry um, where we're, we're like two and a half years into this Um now, I know agencies have been around for a long time, you know, more the SEO, the different side of things. But from a pay-to-play perspective, we're really at the forefront of this, right? We're pioneering. We're helping pioneer this space, right? So it gives us a very um, unique opportunity to look at going, well, what opportunities are there in the industry? There's there's a massive dire need right now for businesses to be able to partner with, um, you know, and work with agencies who know what they're doing yeah. right? and that are revenue generated and not just – you know, we effectively uh, on our clients consistently about scaling, scaling, scaling their own business, right? I mean, it's almost like an inbuilt bloody sort of mentoring advisory type scenario as well, right? But there's a reason for that because to substantiate, you know, the done-for-you services, you need to be getting results and, and growing it month on month on month, right, ideally. So, so, so I want to actually ask yeah, you something quick because you, you – sure. okay, so you, you – just to just to sort of wrap up, we were talking about before. So you built this business up very purposefully with this idea in mind. This is like the angle that you want to be for your clients. Um, but you're playing in a space that's also very noisy. So that's to, just to bring that to a close. Yep. But how do you? So now different different line of questioning, just in terms of what you're doing now. How do you sure. differentiate yourself in such a such a competitive industry where you're dealing with the kid that ran Facebook ads twice and the person buying is not is they're not so educated, right? So the people yeah. that are dealing. Or purchase uh, don't have the, the the resources in house, and I'd actually love to know like who your target customer is and and who you try and mm. go after and and who works best with you. But how do you differentiate and sort of make noise? Yeah, so um, there's a book called Play Bigger, and it's in in that book there's a concept called Category Kings, and I and I read this I've read, couple of I've years read the ago. Book. I love the You've book. read it, yeah. By so the you four get guys the concept, right? Yep. So you get the concept of you know trying to pioneer a space, 
um, digital growth for us, digital growth agency, we're pioneering that space because there's not a lot of people out there talking the language that they're not representing themselves in a way as we do, right? Like we, we do not have conversations about us running ads for you. That's a very, very different scenario. We partner with businesses. We're essentially your bolt-on marketing division that's going to grow and scale your company. We're what CMOs need, right? We are exactly what CMOs need because we are an entire team of experts with inside our organization. And because I say, and, and, and I'll preface that because everyone will say that everyone's an expert in their own thing. I get it. But there's a real key makeup of skill sets that you need to really win in this space. We now live in an omni-channel world. Okay, to grow and scale businesses, no longer Facebook ads is the only thing that's really going to be the best for you, you know. And and anyone who says nah, Facebook is the best, it's like, have you thought about utilizing Snapchat with it? Have you thought about utilizing LinkedIn? How about Pinterest? How about any of the Google search um, and Google Suite and YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Because we live in this omni-channel approach. People are on multiple different channels now, so we don't just run ads. We create world-class strategies that build and scale businesses. And there's five lenses that I'll share with you that are, like if you want to have effective campaigns and you want to grow and scale any business from a marketing perspective at a paid level, these these are the skills that we need, okay? And these are departments within inside our business, okay? Okay. And this will quickly debunk and demyth why Robert is not the best solution for you if – and when I say Robert, I'm saying Robert, who's a solopreneur, who's an ad expert. He's not the best solution for your business if you want to grow and scale it. Now, could he do good? Of course. Right, I'm sure Robert's out there making wins and, and doing good. But if you've always got to think about can you do better? Are you in business just to do good or do you want to do the best that your business possibly can? Mm-hmm. Like I want to I want to squeeze as much juice out of the orange as we possibly can for every business. And, plus and that long comes term back, too. Long term, not long just the term, one campaign. Of course, Mate, you, that's exactly right. It's not. We don't do short term. Let's do a tr- let's do a a campaign and see how it goes. It's like that's not how you build a business. So why would you adopt a marketing strategy like that? It's actually it's ridiculous, right? And for a lot of businesses, and especially solopreneurs and businesses doing, you know, maybe they've just hit their first six figures, and you know, or even businesses doing seven figures, you know, under 10 mil still sort of have this sort of mindset of marketing. And you said this at the very start, you know, you're the sales VP and you got thrown marketing or something like that. It's like, that's ridiculous that anyone's throwing marketing to someone. Like marketing is a specialized and in my view, the most important role in any organization because without leads and customers, you ain't got nothing. I would you actually, have the best sales team. Yeah, I was going to agree with you. I was going to say uh, in startup land, uh, I think it's more important to hire a VP marketing over a VP sales as your first hire because as a, as a CEO founder, you can sell the product. And if you have a VP marketing that can do lead gen and generate interest, then once you have too much interest for yourself to sell through to, then you can yep. worry about scaling a sales team. But that's that's just my personal opinion. But I, I agree with you that marketing is incredibly important. I look at it like this. If, if your marketing is good enough, your sale will be easy, Right. The shittier your marketing, the shittier your brand, the shittier your first experience with someone, the harder your sales team has to work, right? So it just makes sense that marketing would be the first – because marketing and sales, you know, sort of have this weird relationship where they can almost be part of each other, right, where they essentially are. Um, But, again, 
marketing to me is, is absolutely vital. It's the bloodline to any business, right? So the five lenses that I'll share with you is the first, and if we're thinking of this in terms of, you know, the the person out there who thinks, okay, Robert can do my Facebook ads. Let's just use that as an example. So the first lens that you need to look at, and the reason why I call these lenses is it's it's part of a, a, another um, framework that I teach in another company I have called Unleash Your Greatness, which is all about you know becoming the best version of yourself and and achieving what you want in life and so on and so forth. More the personal development, self help type stuff, right? Um, the and what you need to do is you need to wear a different set of lenses when you're looking at something, right? If something's not working for you, take off the lenses that you're looking at and put on some new ones. But each lens has to have a set of rules, a set of guidelines, a set of viewpoints and ways that you look at life and look at things, right? Mm-hmm. So if we put the first set of lenses on, and that's the technician, right, the ad technician. So a technician is the analytical-minded person, right? They're the data-driven, the number-driven, right, number-driven type person. They're the person that is sitting in the ad account, let's call it, and setting up the ads and targeting the ads and looking at the insights and looking at all the analytics and making pivots and changes where necessary. Okay, that's a technician. Those lenses are very, very different compared to the next lens that you need to create a fantastic campaigns and winning campaigns is that of the creative. Total opposite, right? Polar opposite. An analytical person and a creative person, two different people mentally, Right. So poor old Robert has to be an analytical person. Now Robert has to flip and be creative. Now I know there's people sitting there going, oh, yeah, I can be analytical and creative because I was one of those arrogant people. And I said, yeah, yeah, I can. But can you do it to its most effectiveness? I, I am far more creative than I am analytical. I had to teach myself to become analytical. But does that mean just because I, I know basic, I know maths and I can look at data and stuff that I should be the person doing it to get optimum results, right? Yeah. Important distinction there. The creative, two lenses within inside that. One of them is the creative thinker, the person coming up with the concept, right? So, for example, if we're, we're running ads for a bread company, right, let's call it, and the creative thinker is like, yeah, we need, a, we need to put arms and legs on this piece of bread and it's going gonna, it's gonna to jump out of the toaster and run around the street and blah, blah, blah. It's going to meet Mr. Avocado and he's going to jump on his back and whatever the case, right? Um, so that's the creative thinker. Then there's the creative designer, the person who knows how to actually bring that Mr. Toast and Avocado together and make it look like something, right? Because ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the execution on the idea. Yeah. So there's two different lenses within a creative person. The third lens is that of the copywriter, right? You need words that compel. You need to be the wordsmith, the person that ushers someone along the red velvet carpet ushers them along the buyer, I call it the buyer readiness scale, right? You know when your buyer is ready to be asked for the sale on a scale of 1 to 10, you might say, at a 7, we're ready to ask for the sale. What do we need to do to get someone to a number 7, right? So the copywriter will usher them along with their words and and um, you know take them through this trance of you're lying in bed, you're on your phone, you're scrolling, all of a sudden you're checking out, you've just checked out and you bought something. Like, how did that happen? Well... The technician had to do his job or her job. The creative had to do their job and the copywriter used words. But this is where it becomes really important because a lot of people do possess, you know, some some creative opportunity. They can use Canva. That was me, right? I was the Canva guy. I, I couldn't use Photoshop to save myself. But it didn't stop me from creating images, 
right? It didn't stop me from creating ads. You can, you can, you can create some damn good looking images with Canva too. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my most effective ad that I've ever ran, and and before opening Klaxon, this is important to say, I, I've spent over two million dollars personally on ads before now managing millions and millions, but that was of my own money, right? And the only reason I could spend that was because it was working and converting. But my point there is my most effective ad I ever used was just a simple Google image. And it was a, a the first image, like literally this is how my mind works. I'm like, I was creating an ad back then. We don't do this now because we have a, you know, a totally different structure um, because no one wants to be in the side of my, inside my mind. <laughs> I'm like creating the ad and I'm like, okay, I need an image. Bang, straight to Google. Okay, search this keyword. Bang, okay, that one will do. Right click, save add it, boom, upload it. And it was a picture of, um, so one of our companies in the health space is around food and recipes and so forth. And I had this picture of an overnight oats, which was just <laughs> like, just, and. Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. 
Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. It had a spoon on the on the page. It was like this bowl, or like a jar sitting on a table. I was like, that's good enough. Put it in. And I didn't even crop the image properly. And I actually, like I was in that much of a rush that I didn't even crop the image properly. But funnily enough, I split tested it off where I went back and cropped the image to make it look better versus the uncropped look like I'd just thrown it in there. That ad ran for like 
oh, geez, it would be over nine months without even touching it. Like it was just killing it. Thousands and thousands and thousands of leads come through this ad, right? Now, the, the point there is, was you need to have a creative process. That sort of goes back against everything I said. That's an anomaly, right? That's an anomaly. It doesn't work like that You anymore. can't replicate it. Right. So who cares if no. it works? You're not going to be able to replicate it. So that, very, that's Very, very true. Yeah. Correct. So, but the point I'm making there back to the fourth lens is that of the strategy, right? A campaign can work, but what's the, what's the point of the campaign? How's a campaign connected to building and growing and scaling your company, mm-hmm. right? What are your KPIs you need to hit each month, Right. What, what are your targets? How many sales do you need? And don't just arbitrarily throw out this number going, oh, it'd be nice to have 100 sales in my course doing this. It's like, yeah, but how does that actually fit into the overall strategy? What are we doing today that's going to have impact in six months? What are we building now that's going to build brand value and reputation right now that's going to have impact in 6, 12, 18 months? Because it's not just about the right now. It's about the soon to be, right? Because that's how marketing works. That's how database building works. Like you know, literally, a, we had. No, I was going to say that uh, you're speaking long term. Um, I can't. I think it's a CEO of BMW who said this, um, and he said, uh, "If I had shown you an ad for BMW expecting you to buy the car tomorrow, you would have never bought it. But if I've shown you that ad since you were three years old, by the time you're ready to buy a car, you think BMW. So long game. Yeah. What do you think Apple gives away computers to kids at school, and they've got? you know yeah. kid discount you know student discounts and because they want them they want to get them as soon as they can like you look at how many kids right now honestly are on iphones and ipods playing games you think they're gonna just jump onto a different device like they are programmed right that's super smart but um the point there is the strategy lens so the strategic person the strategic thinker the person that can see the dots that aren't there and that's what we do really really well right where we have even a further advantage is the fifth lens. And this is really our point of difference as well, one of our points of differences. You have a few, but yeah. Is, yeah, we do. Um, and you sort of need them in this day and age. Is that the lens of the business builder? Okay. So the business builder is the person that can sit there and go, this is how you grow and scale companies. What more outside of the marketing is required? What's going to happen in fulfillment? What's going to happen at the sales? Like, what if you get a hundred leads a day? How are you going to How are you going to actually do that? How are you going to build your sales division? How are you going to do X, Y, Z? Right. So, knowing how to build a company can then get passed down into the strategic person that can can start building that map, right? And then the the other lenses of the creative, the copywriter, the technician all come together and build something amazing. That is why. Robert, who charges $2,000 a month, right, and Vanessa, who charges $1,500 a month because she's trying to undercut Robert to get some clients, that's why the industry right now is ripe with people having a crack. And look, I'm all for people having a crack. Don't get me wrong. I've had so many cracks before. But what's happening, and for us, and like we can sit there and complain about it, but the best um, you know, thing to do is what are we going to do about it? So we're, we're out there starting to educate people on this like this when you hear this you can't unhear it right right now i i would almost guarantee and you tell me after hearing those five lenses tell me that you ha- don't have a different perspective on what it takes to actually build it and add now 100 percent. Right? you know 100 percent. and i think that i think you take a lot of this stuff for granted until you hear it broken down so so simply which is yeah because uh, you know you can't argue it's it's not a there's there's it's logic it's it's like you hit all those points yeah. and you're like yeah i can't build an ad without that and if i am you know i'm not doing a good job 
you know why there's not people out there on Facebook or any social platform asking you, what number should I put in the W-2 field for wages and salaries in my zero um, accounting software? There's, I don't see any of those questions. You know why? Because you go straight to an accountant. Yeah. Your accountant does that stuff. Right now, there's people asking, how do I do this? Should I do ca- campaign budget optimization? Should I be using carousels, dynamic, creative, da 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 It's like, why are you even asking that? Like, And trust me, I get it because I was the guy that I did all my own marketing and I learned it and all that stuff, right? But that was because that's how we're programmed to really take this on. Why Facebook, think- has, this, Facebook has this little blue button. This is why. Facebook have a little blue button that says boost post. The amount of people who go, oh, this po- it says this post is performing 80% better than every other post you have. Would you like to boost it so I can get seen by 6,700 more people? You're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Sorry about swearing. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on it. You know, and then you're like, cool, boost. Would you like to put $10 on it? Uh, sure, bang, you go $10 and then it goes, hey, would you like to put another $10 and we'll like double, we'll triple the, the amount of people that see it? You're like, of course I will. Bang, right? Now you're in this loop of, you're starting to advertise. You're now a Facebook advertiser because you know how to boost the post. You're a Facebook advertiser. Congratulations. But is it effective and is it building your business or is it just giving you some ego strokes to say that 8,400 people viewed this and you got 12 likes? You know, we need to we need to step out and take digital marketing and, and pay-to-play marketing seriously for what it really is. And you either need to become the the expert yourself and you need to be obsessed about every aspect of it and learn all of these variables. But if you really want it to work successfully, in my view, is you need to cover all of those five lenses. And I'm yet to meet one person who is absolutely expert level status in all of them. You know, I put my hand up and go, I'm a good all-rounder in them, right? I'm very strategic. I'm very business-minded. Um I'm very good at copywriting. I don't I'm good at creating ideas. I'm not good at building them. I've got no idea. I, the amount of ideas I go and throw out to the team and they're like, that's great. And I'm like, how do we even build that? Oh, well, that's gonna be very hard. That'll probably cost us fifty thousand dollars. Da 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 da. You know, like I've got the ideas, but there's severe lacking in in at least a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned to be the technical guy, but I couldn't think of anything worse for me than to sit down and create a Facebook ad inside ads manager. Do you see you, you deal with a lot of businesses. When do you think um, or do you see any businesses that can actually take on these five different lenses? Are we talking like Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies that do this effectively or not even? Because here's the reality. A lot of our clients come to us because it's such a new industry, right? This is an yeah. important distinction to make. It's a new industry. There's no like there's no one coming out of a university course that is that knows how to do any more, uh, knows how to do Facebook advertising better than anyone in our team. You learn on the on the job. It changes. It's it's like really, you can do courses and you can learn some stuff, but you're only going to learn so much, right? What people really like, big businesses think that they can hire a CMO. And yeah. here in Australia, the average lifespan of a CMO, so chief chief marketing officer, is 18 months. Do you know why? Because we've moved from this world of branding first, right, to now actual ROI driven results. And now CMOs are responsible for the lead flow and, and sales and so it's you can't CMO just can't go oh but our billboard got seen by 84,000 impressions you know like you guys should be making the sales on the back end it's like CMOs have a big role to play in a business and you can't like and, and we know this firsthand again because we've interviewed hundreds of people to become a strategist in our team like 
it, you can't just go – it's not like you're packing boxes. You know, if we wanted to scale a company and we're packing boxes, I could get a 1,000 people working tomorrow and have them trained in a couple hours on how to pack a box. But when you're looking at a brand-new skill like Facebook advertising, Google advertising, Pinterest advertising, LinkedIn advertising, these are all re- really new. TikTok advertising coming very soon. Like there's a number of fundamentals that you need to know beyond that, right? Because it's not just can you run an ad. It's like what's your marketing understanding? What's your psychology level? What's your influence understanding? You know, what do you know about humans and why we do what we do? It's such a deep thing. And for an organization to go and hire a technician and then hire a creative and then hire a strategist, let's call it they're, they're the CMO, but I'm yet to really see too many CMOs who are amazing from a strategy level. You know, they're, they're basically, from what I see, is is they pull the puppet strings, which is cool because mm-hmm. that's the sort of level that they're at. But they need some really good puppets to pull. And the marketplace out there is, is really low when it comes to highly skilled people in those roles. So you, what happens is a CMO is faced with the opportunity to go, well, we need to either build an internal team because these are your only options, right? This yeah. is it, black and white. You either build an internal team and you need to – you could probably make do with, you know, two to three people. You're looking at you know two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars salaries to start with. That's a massive overhead, right? Or you can partner with an organisation that has all of those skill sets, right? Um, and at a fraction of that, what it would cost to even have one team member on your team, you could you could again partner with someone, um, or you can learn it yourself. You know, you can spend your seven pm to two am going through every bit of resource and course and everything that you can, but then you have to remain on the forefront of that. You need to continually upskill your team every single – like we internally, and while we know it's very, very hard for anyone to to be ahead of us, is every week we have – there's at least two scheduled team training sessions where we're always upskilling. We're always on the forefront. We've got direct relationships with Facebook and and LinkedIn and all of these platforms, even Pinterest – um, where we get the inside scoop of what's happening because you have to. You have to stay on the front edge, you know, and it's hard for businesses and solopreneurs to even try and do that, you know. And, I, again, I don't want this to come across like I'm trying to pitch our services at all um, no, because the, the it speaks points, for itself. The reality yeah, is is yeah. that it takes more than an individual to try and build a business. Yeah, and and I wanted to ask one more thing because you mentioned the importance of, of having these strategists. Where do you find these strategists or, or how do you find these people? Um, what's the best type of person that fills this role? Yeah, so people, firstly, the first port of reference is always someone who has pre-existing experience. I mean, that's always going to trump, right, for sure, um, especially in the, the executive senior level roles that we hire for. You know, it's like what, what companies have you worked for? What strategies have you created? Um, we will even at times create mock strategy, like mock examples. Hey, here's here's a result that we're looking for. How would you go about creating a strategy around this? So really do due diligence, right? Um, you know, I mean, strategy for me is, I think a it can be a learnt skill, but it it's quite innate, right? Like I am at the heart of it, a problem solver. So I'm very very strategic. I see dots that others don't even see, right? And that just happens from a child from my childhood. You know, um, back at school in our primary school when I was about 10, our principal started a class just for me and a friend to, to do problem solving because I just I just had this um, ability to be able to do it and I loved it. I just love solving problems. That's why I attract a lot, right, now that I understand. The universe, thank you, universe, for sending them. <laughs> but 
but it's really doing your due diligence, right? And and a strategic person is a problem solver, essentially, someone who's always solving problems, you know. So we always look for that type of quality, you know, where do you solve problems, not even just in a business sense. Like, tell us where you did something in life and it was this happened and how did you go about solving it? What's your thinking process of how you solve certain things? You know, like for me, I, I have a default way of solving problems, especially in this industry. It's do not come to me with your opinions that are not backed with any facts, i.e. data, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all data-driven, right? Now, of course, opinions are fantastic and feelings, you know, we need to nurture those, but you cannot build a company and you cannot make decisions based off feelings, right? I love, I heard Ben Shapiro say this once, and I love this one. It's like, facts don't care about your feelings, right? Yeah. And it's true. We work. Your profit and loss sheet does not care about how you feel, right? So... Being able to, we look for people who love to solve problems, people who have to solve problems, people who have, you know, it's a different personality. Someone who's very strategic is is a different personality than a technician and so on and so forth. So there's a number of variables that we look for. Yeah. And do you, do you find they come from uh, like executive roles or maybe not even? Maybe it's, it's, it's uh, people that, I was curious about that in particular. Like if Yeah, so leadership, people with inside other teams, um, We've, we've actually found um, we've got a couple of people inside our team that um, actually own their own agency mm-hmm. and they realize how actual hard it is to build a business and that they actually don't want to build a business, you know, because there's one thing. Is that entrepreneur? Up, yeah, that's the yeah. entrepreneur, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's one thing falling in love with marketing and, and thinking marketing is amazing, but then you have to do everything else required to build a business. And this is what I was saying earlier, like there's a lot of um, accidental entrepreneurs, right? Robert and Mary, who, who are doing this, they, you know, all jokes aside, is one of their friends said, hey, do you reckon you could run some ads for this person? They're like, yep, cool. And then all of a sudden they got like four and a half clients and they're sort of doing something, but they're really not. They're, they're not making any money because, you know, they realize now to run a business costs money and you've got to do all these things. And they're, they're getting paid less than they would if they're actually working inside an organization that helped nurture them and, and their skill set, you know. So, um, yeah, we, we, we've... We've got people, majority of our team actually have, have experience in the space. Um, yeah, there's a handful that we've actually, you know, we put through a very vigorous um, training and consistent um, education pathway, which is what's needed because there's not thousands of people out there, yeah. you know. Yeah. But we have people turn up for a job and and we grill them or we ask them questions around even let's call it Facebook advertising and, you know, and, there's absolutely no idea. Like I've had someone go, yeah, I'm, I, I will ask, what do you rate yourself out of 10 on, on a scale of, you know, Facebook advertising, like your ability to get results? Oh, probably about an eight, eight or a nine. I'm like, okay, cool. Have you used like Dynamic Creative before? Have you used, well, what's that? Like, have, like geez, okay. <laughs> so people's perceptions on what, like where they're at in, in the industry is exponentially higher than where they actually are at. Which is the reason no why the whole, body. which is reason why there's this whole uh, incorrect, um, incorrect assumptions about what digital marketing is if very if, true yeah, yeah um okay i want to i want to i want to wrap this up because we've been talking for a bit but that was that was killer like you that was really really good i i really enjoyed listening and i just kind of let you go so i appreciate it um a lot of sure, uh, really good insight um quick questions for people that are, are up and coming one one thing that you could tell your 20 year old self just one thing what would it be about business about entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship 
jokingly, I'd say buy stocks at Amazon and Apple and Facebook. Um, but I think on a, on a deeper level, it would be um, understand who you are very, very quickly. Like be obsessed about creating this this thing of awareness and knowing who you truly are and why you're doing what you're doing because, one, it puts me in a state of absolute peace nine times out of ten. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have days that are terrible and I just like, you know, I put down the tools type thing. I'm, I'm done, right? We all go through that. But knowing what I know now on a personal journey, on a self-development journey, like it, for me, and we didn't get to talk about this, but when I was 25, what shifted me from this crazy entrepreneur, pug toner type mentality, yeah. right, to slowing down and being a little bit more methodical was, you know, I had a dear friend of mine, she passed away in front of me and it was it just shook me, right? And it was a, it was this defining moment that, it, I needed something like that to stop me and slow me down and then to to recalibrate. So my self-awareness back then just wasn't really you – know, I wasn't aware. I was just living life every single day, doing the same thing, you know, persevering, being relentless in everything that I did, but I never really stopped to check in with myself. So having the awareness to be able to check in with yourself and, and realize that um, once you can understand who you truly are, you know, everything else starts to make sense. Because I'm, I'm guided by a, you know, a set of internal laws. Let's mm -hmm. call it, you know, my mm -hmm. own rules for life, and and um, yeah, there's there's a framework to living. You know, we don't get taught how to live, right? We don't get taught how to, um, you know, sit down and and create goals and and be true to yourself and be true to others, and like none of that gets taught. You know, emotional intelligence is not taught at, at school, and I. I would long answer wrapping it up would be to be aware and generate an an amount an enormous amount of emotional intelligence and just live every day as as it comes, you know. So yeah, no, that's good, man. That's uh, yeah. that's that's a good a good insight. Um, and I've never heard that one before, but it, it everything you're saying is making a ton of sense. Um, mm. I think being self aware is probably the the one of the only ways to truly be successful as well. And be happy with yourself yeah. for that and, success. And let me close this loop because I opened it at the start and, and I'm glad we got here actually, is the number one way for me to create that level of self-awareness was to be able to tap into my curiosity, right? We At the start, I was talking about curious yeah. and just being super curious. Um, once I understood what curiosity was and how an impact it has, like, because I'd be the a guy that would always want to find something out. Like if I see a computer, I'm like, how does that work? Like how's that even coming through that screen? You know, I hear something on TV and I'm like, geez. My mum used to get annoyed when I was a kid because we'd be watching TV and I'd be asking her, hey, how does that work or why is that happening? She's like, look in the encyclopedia, right, back then before <laughs> the computer. Look in the encyclopedia and I'd be sitting in the encyclopedia trying to figure this out and go, oh, okay, that's why, that's why the lion eats the gazelle, right, yeah. or, or whatever happens. And so curiosity, being able to tap into the curiosity creates this level of self-awareness for me because I'm always I'm checking in and I'm being aware of what I'm thinking about and why I'm thinking about it. And, you know, I think if, if the world could be far more curious, we'd start opening more conversations. We'd really get to know people on a better level, on a deeper level. Like, why do you think that? Why is that your stance in life? You know, whether it be political, religious or – And not you know, be so offended about answers and just be open to communicating. Exactly, because you can always 
you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this. One of his rules in his book is, and the 12 rules for life is assume that the person speaking to you knows something that you do not know. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, like a mic drop of going, it's not a battle of you have to be heard. And I learned all this because I was, I was a very talkative person, right? And I, if I look back at myself when I was a kid, I probably cut off my friends a lot and jumped in on conversation, not because I was trying to be rude, but because I, was, I felt like I had something to say, right? And it, and it was done in a non-malice way. Um, but once I understood that, geez, I can actually learn more from other people because they've got different perspectives. And I love having conversations with people where they say something and it challenges my perspective because I'm not ingrained into one thing. Like it has to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's. I love talking to people. Like, I'm not a religious person, but I love talking to people about religion because I'm still trying to find that, still trying to find that thing that you can sort of help me get over a line of of understanding. But it's it happens in dialogue and it happens by being curious and being okay with that. So that's that's good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, last thing I wanted to to ask, uh, insight for people listening as well. Where do you go to get uh, information? It could be podcasts, it could be audibles, it could be mentors' yep. books. What's your go to? I've been smashing YouTube the last probably 12 months, to be honest. Um, I mentioned someone there, Jordan Peterson. I, I jumped on the bandwagon two years ago with him. I think I've consumed, I've consumed a couple hundred hours of his content. Just a super insightful man of just so much intelligence um, and knowledge. And he articulates things in a way that when I hear it, it's like sort of when, when I was telling you about the five lenses, you know, when you hear something and you're already like, yeah, I, was, I felt like I already knew yeah, that, but yeah. having heard it that way just totally challenged my mind. So, um, there's a number of things that I really um, love learning and like I said, it's it's about ourselves and human beings and why we do and think and act the way that we act. So I love that deep knowledge and understanding and um, yeah, definitely consuming YouTube is a big one, podcasts, audiobooks, et cetera. But um, I like to pick sort of a topic or I pick a person. I just go super deep on it, you know, Um really try and understand their way of thinking and why that they're thinking that way. And and you can learn so much from just, you know, there's not even what's being said or what you're hearing. It's the way in which it's being said. It's the way in which people react and act to it. And like I've been literally following the, um, the 2000, well, since 2016, right, the US elections. Like yeah. I've been following it pretty heavily. Like I know way more about American politics in Australia, that's for sure, right? Um but I'm following it in such a way that I'm seeing how things are happening and why that's happening. And then, cause sometimes you're sitting there going, but how do they get away with that? Or how's this even happening? And it's like, you can get upset about it or you can try and think around it and figure, figure things out. So I don't really have a, um, a set routine around, do I consume a pot, an hour a day of a podcast? So I used to, I used to have some rituals like that, but I only did it cause I thought that'd be the cool thing to do. Cause that's what you read in some books. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. So, um, you know, whenever I'm in my car, I'm always listening to either YouTube videos or content or so, yeah, mate, I, um, awesome, man. Thank I have you. a wide variety. No, that's good. So if people want to get in touch with Claxton or yourself, where, whereabouts can they go? Sure. Just go to Brett Campbell, B-R-E-T-T, Campbell, campbell.com.au. I wish I had a different name. I hate having to go Brett with two T's, camp with a bell. Like, <laughs> it's a routine now. Because I, I, especially for my American friends, they, they think they hear Brad. Oh, no. Yeah. B-R-A-D or B-R-I-T, Brett. And I'm like, okay, B-R-E-T-T. Anyway, you know, um, uh, yeah, just go over there. You can, you can check it out. 
No, I was going to say uh, Gary Gary Vaynerchuk um, has that similar issue because he he uh, tagged himself, I think, on Twitter as Gary V, and then he realized he had to start mm. spelling it out because it was Gary V E E. So whenever he did conferences, he said, "Follow me at Gary V." So V E E. Same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same yeah, issue. Crazy. Same issue. Um, but anyways, that's all I got, man. Um, I, I appreciate the, the talk. Sure, that was man. crazy. Well, you heard it from the man himself. If you want to connect with Brett Campbell, you can hit him up on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Brett O. Campbell. Or you can go to his website, brettcampbell.com.au. Uh, Brett is an incredibly strong strategist, an incredibly strong marketer and entrepreneur. He was an amazing guy to chat with. Um, I'm really, really happy we had him on uh, the Sales versus Marketing podcast. Uh, as always, if you like this podcast, please leave some feedback below. Uh, please like, please comment, please subscribe, please share it with your friends, family, coworkers. And if you leave us a rating, any ratings okay as long as it's five stars. Uh, if you want, uh, if you know somebody who should be on the Sales versus Marketing podcast, please reach out to me directly, sdouglasclary at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn linkedin.com slash in slash s douglas clary uh shoot me some shoot me some names and i would love to chat with them love to speak with them that's another sales versus marketing i hope everybody has a great week has a productive week and we'll talk again soon bye now welcome to scott's thoughts where we break down the podcast that we just had the last sales versus marketing podcast where we spoke with brett campbell who is the co-founder of Klaxon, uh, a multi-award-winning digital marketing agency. Um, if you were listening, you obviously got a ton of insight into Brett's story and the, uh, what Klaxon is doing for their clients, but not just, uh, not just Brett's story and Klaxon's story. We got tons of great digital marketing insight and information. Um, one of the, the main things that, I, that, I, that really, really stuck with me, and I wrote it down here, he spoke about the five lenses in which you have to implement a digital marketing strategy. So the first lens, and I really want to double down on this because he spoke about another thing that sort of uh, dovetailed into this, which was the state of digital marketing and how digital marketing, uh, anybody with a computer and an internet connection can claim themselves to be a digital marketer. And the, the, I guess the standard of excellence and the benchmark for true digital marketing excellence is extremely low. And there's very few specialists that can deliver a proper solution to for clients and deliver true ROI. And we're seeing this mentality permeate companies as we see CMOs having a very short lifespan as they're no longer just responsible for branding and messaging, but now they're responsible for delivering ROI uh, so dollar, they want a return on dollars spent, whether or not it's uh, MQLs uh, or converted leads or revenue. Uh, marketing leaders are being held to a higher standard now, as is a marketing agency. So uh, Brett makes us all aware of, of these types of agencies that these are truly solopreneurs or small agencies that specialize in one but really can't deliver the, the depth of what a marketing strategy should be, which should be more than just marketing, but it should be a partner in business growth. Uh, and 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 just basically uh, long-term business growth and not just short-term campaigns like we would see with a, a solopreneur or a small marketing agency that sort of pigeonholed into one avenue of digital marketing. Um, so the five-step process that, uh, that Brett has built out through Klaxon, his marketing agency, as well as the process that he walks all of his clients through is 
as follows. So the first step is the technical. So you have to have a technical individual that can analyze data sets and can understand those data sets and use them to build out a smart campaign. You have to have creative. So you have to have somebody that can think through a creative strategy as well as somebody who can actually build it out. So, so the, the, the collateral, the marketing collateral, the graphics, the design. Uh, so there's the creative part. The third part is the ability to write copy. So the verbiage, the words that drive the people that are consuming your content to trust you, to want to engage with you and to want to buy your products. Uh, the fourth is strategy. So tying all of these components together and managing them in a way that's in congruence with your business goals. And then last, but certainly not least, is uh, being a business builder, being a business advisor and understanding the long-term objectives of the business and then tying those back into the marketing campaign that they're putting together, the omni-channel marketing campaign. Um, so it's this, this five-step strategy is what he takes to companies with and what rightfully so, once you've, he mentioned this in the podcast, once you've heard these five steps, you can't, you can't disagree with them. This is, this, these steps are the way you have to deliver marketing. And if you aren't doing it through combining all of these five steps, uh, you won't be effective or it won't be scalable or it won't be aligned with business goals. And if that's the case, why are you bothering to do it? Um, another point that he really, uh, that he really spoke about how he allows companies to understand that this type of strategy, this five-step strategy is the future of what digital marketing. So this is the gold standard of digital marketing. And this is what all digital marketers, teams, internal or external, the companies are going to be held to is through education. We've spoken about this repeatedly on, on the sales versus marketing podcast, the best way to to get your target audience to trust you is by being that subject matter expert, by educating them on what your company does, on your brand, on what you deliver, uh, and, and by putting out this content, by creating messaging around your all your content that is educational, that converts and that educates and that positions yourself as a subject matter expert, which allows Brett to deliver his five-step process uh, because he delivers it through education. Uh, so that's another sales versus marketing podcast. I hope you got something out of that. I thought that was a, a, a really, really strong uh, discussion, a really strong interview. Uh, I'll, leave some, I'll leave some of the points that we discussed in the show notes below. Uh, and if you want to, if you want to reach out to, to Brett, hit him up on LinkedIn or uh, on his website. Uh, that was another Scott's thoughts. Uh, if you have any comments, feedback, please leave them in the comments below. And as always, have a great week, have a productive week, and we'll talk again soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Sales vs. Marketing Podcast, brought to you by ROI Overload. Delivering strategy, technology, and insights to both sales and marketing leaders and teams globally. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink 
what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 